0: Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, DrLizHypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-Hypnosis.com. Hey everyone, Dr. Liz here, happy new year, happy 2022. This is my annual goal setting episode. One we're going to talk about when the practical doesn't work. So you've set the goals, you've made the steps and somehow you're not getting it done. The other thing we're going to talk about is using the past to change the future. I'm going to start with that last one Because around this time of the year, around the new year, you hear so many people saying, start the new year fresh, forget about the past. I even heard a very popular coach recently say, her podcast has millions of downloads a year. She said, the past doesn't matter. Just start thinking about the future and changing the future. And that doesn't sit well with me. Like how exactly are you supposed to think about what you want to change if you don't think about the past and what you have done that perhaps didn't work or that you do actually want to change. So the whole thing didn't really make sense to me. So I wanna say this kindly without judgment, but typically when you're really not considering the past or not integrating it into your life, then you're looking at a less mature perspective Now, maybe you want to be a mature yourself, like that's your goal. That's okay. (laughs) But for most people, we do want to move towards more mature decisions, more maturity in our life, more mature ways of thinking. And when you integrate the past, present, and the future, then you are reaching a more mature state. If you're trying to exist solely in the present, then you're really wanting to become like a baby, like babies, have no concept of time, no concept of future, past, present. They exist solely in the present. Now they quickly learn a concept of, if I do this, then I get that, which is future-oriented type of thinking, but they don't come out that way. And sometimes when you exist solely in the present, At its extreme versions, this leads to addiction, people who want to forget everything except feeling good in the now. From a disease perspective, it's Alzheimer's, like people who forget the past and they're forgetting the future too. They are beginning to exist solely in the present, then that's typically disturbing to us. It's sad for a lot of people, like they've lost their memories. Now from a mindfulness perspective, I know a lot of the goal is to ground yourself in the present and there is usefulness there for sure. Particularly if you get caught in anxiety, thinking too much about the future, like predicting bad things about the future happening or making up worst case scenarios that then make you anxious, like that type of thing. So a lot of the mindfulness literature has you do practices and teaches about staying in the present. But I want to say that most of it that I've read and I've read quite a bit has the caveat that you have a consideration of the future but you don't live there because it hasn't happened yet. Or you have a consideration of the past but you ground in the present because the past is done. So I know I'm starting off the... uh, The 2022 podcast year, a little philosophical, but that is what I've been thinking of, is the integration of the past, present, and future helps us develop into more integrated beings, helps us get things done in our lives, helps us change our lives, and be people who we want to be. Okay, so let's jump into this in terms of an example. Let's say someone has a really um, bad dad who always disappointed them and they're in the present and they're finding that they're starting to disappoint their own child. Like this feels familiar to them. And a way for them to shift is to remember the past. Like, oh, I remember feeling like that. Like my dad wasn't reliable, he didn't show up, he never kept his word to me. And now I don't want my own child to feel that way. So I'm gonna shift my behavior in the present. I'm gonna shift it in the future a concrete example of this is there was a time when I would be just a little late, like a couple minutes or so for picking up my daughter from school. I would get caught up in work, like writing a note after session or working on a worksheet or something like that. And I'd be like, oh, it's okay. I'm just a couple minutes late. But at some point it occurred to me, like, I want my daughter to feel like I am reliable and trustworthy. Like mom's going to show up to pick me up from school every single day and she's always there. So then I did set the reminder on my phone but this time the label said reliable on it. It didn't say school pickup because that one I would just turn off and be like, okay, I have another couple of minutes. I can squeeze in something else before I leave but then I'd end up being late. Instead it said reliable. I want my daughter to feel like I'm reliable. So when you're trying to achieve a goal from the practical level and it's not working, then you go down to the values level to shift that. This is what I recommend all the time to clients. And this can be applied to pretty much anything. Let's say that you have to call the doctor about something and it's on your list every week and then you forget to call and every week it moves to the, the next week's list. You're trying to approach it from a practical standpoint. I mean, there may be avoidance going on, like you don't really want to call the doctor. <laughs> Let's assume that you really do want to call the doctor. You just keep pushing it off. The value level is, I want to take good care of my health. So you write that down. I'm taking good care of my health. And that will help you call the doctor. It's like, oh, this is a practical task that needs to get done because of the value underneath it. Back to the dad that wants to develop a better relationship with his own son. It's like, okay, I have committed not just to my wife and my son, to myself that I want to be at family dinner twice a week. Let's say he works a lot and he works late. Reframing that in terms of this is for me I want to feel like a good dad. I want to feel like the dad who shows up. I want to know that I'm developing a relationship with my son where he knows I keep my word and I'm reliable and I'm trustworthy. I don't want him to feel disappointed like his dad is never around. Work always came before him. I don't want him to feel those things. So these are the actions I'm going to take. That's from a value-based place instead of the practical. The practical actions are, I'll block out two days a week on my calendar. That's it. That's for my family dinner. Not scheduling anything. Doesn't matter how big the deal is. Nothing. Two days a week. Those days may shift around, but it's like, all right, that is my commitment. No matter what anyone else thinks. And that may be a commitment, like I may even lose a business deal. And then you can move into places of prosperity, I may lose a business deal, quote unquote, but there are plenty of deals waiting for me to happen outside of family dinner, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like I will always make enough money. And one of the reasons I'm doing that is to support my family who I want them to believe I am reliable and trustworthy and perhaps a good earner Mm -hmm. too, supportive financially and supportive emotionally by being there for family dinner. You can really work even this example from many different angles. And that goes for many, many other situations. Now you can find a values list pretty much anywhere on the internet. If you Google it up, like list of values, you can do that and you can clarify your top five values. And you can do that in different areas. So perhaps you do it professionally, perhaps you do it for family, like what kind of mom do I want to be? What kind of dad do I want to be? Perhaps you do it for friendships, um, health, that type of thing. But once you get clear on those values, then it becomes much, much easier to set the goals. For me, it's professionally, I do a podcast as a way to give service. It's a way to help people and educate people that's free to them. So helping people heal and giving service is the top value for my practice, for myself as a professional. And then the practical ways to do that are I like to do that at various levels. So one level is paid for people who can't afford my services. Another level is free through the podcast. Another level is that I'm part of a collective called openpathcollective.org. And that offers Reduce cost psychotherapy, either in person or online. When you join that collective, you make a commitment to keep the cost of psychotherapy anywhere between 30 to 60 US dollars for an individual or between 30 to 80 US dollars for couples and family sessions. So that's just another way that I give service. I like to have three levels, but the value going under there is service. Service. I have a value of creativity and appreciating art. So one way I do that is I draw with my daughter, since she's at college, it's FaceTime, but we try to do that pretty much every Sunday. There's some that we skip, but we try to do that together. We're drawing together. Another way I do that is with quilting. So last year, it took me a whole year to make a hand quilted quilt for my daughter who just turned 16, the younger one. And now my older daughter wants one as well that's different. I mean, her own design, since she's an artist herself. Now she had one from childhood which was the second quilt I ever made the first quilt was actually during a hurricane Hurricane Wilma when I was pregnant with my youngest daughter and I was going to be stuck at my mother-in-law's house (laughs) for um, over a day at least possibly much much longer than that without power and I was running around in the rain getting the supplies together to make my very first quilt and that was like a lap quilt a baby quilt that I made for her And then the second one I made was for my older daughter, Mia. And it's like a twin size, and I love that one. It's one of my favorite ones, actually. But now she would like one that's bigger, since she's getting more grown up and has a a more grown up style to it, which I totally understand. So I said, yes, I'll, you know, I'll make you a quilt. And that may take me a year, but it is working on several different values that I have. One, connection with my daughters. Two, creativity and art. Three, doing something that's meditative for me. I do various types of meditation for, I've meditated, I don't know, over almost 30 years now, honestly. Whoa, that's a long time. But I have meditated almost daily for probably the last nine years. 2023 will be 10 years. So that's a long time. But that is a different type of meditation than doing a meditative activity. So quilting is very meditative for me. So that's working on that value as well. So sometimes I will use that to motivate myself because there's times when I don't really feel like cutting out fabric or sewing it together. Um, when I hand when I quilt, I do machine piecing. Quilters will know what this is. I piece the the top together with the machine, but I hand quilt it. But it looks like Mia's quilt will actually mostly need to be done by hand because of the design that we looked at together. It's it's no design that I could point you to. It's just sort of we came up with it but it will probably need to be hand sewn as well as hand quilted. The value underneath it is what will keep me going when I'm tired. And perhaps I haven't picked it up for a couple of days or even a a week or two. It will be, oh, I know at the end, I want my daughter to feel like this, to feel like she is special, like she is valued and treasured. And this quilt is a symbol of all of that. And that she's cozy and warm. Right? So <laughs> she's really thinking that after college, she will move somewhere colder than Florida. I mean, North Florida has some seasons, at least, as where she's up at Tallahassee at Florida State University. But she's really thinking Chicago or North Carolina or something like that. And she will need a very warm quilt <laughs> when she moves. So it will be full of love and warmth once it's finished. All right, everyone, I think I've gone on long enough here about how to get your goals done from a value-driven level versus a practical level, and I hope that that is helpful for you moving forward in your 2022. Remember that if one of your goals is to do some emotional healing this year, perhaps accomplish some habit change, whether that's changing from an overeater to a normal eater, sometimes that involves weight loss, sometimes it doesn't, or perhaps changing a bad habit to a better one that you want in the present and the future. Or perhaps it's just to look at your health and say, okay, I want to work on my health in a way that feels natural and easier to me. My mentor always says hypnosis is the easy way to change. I don't quite always agree with that because I think we do some really hard work sometimes in hypnosis slash psychotherapy. But I know his intention is good when he says it. But sometimes it does feel like an easier way to change if you're talking about decreasing migraines or IBS. Like those are two areas that I, I work pretty frequently with in terms of hypnosis. Weight loss and changing your eating is a little bit longer than those two. Those tend to run anywhere from like six to eight sessions versus weight loss is, ah, you're talking probably anywhere from like six to 10. Sometimes we go 15. Depends how much weight you have to lose. Depends how much um, change you need in your eating habits and your patterns. But if you're thinking of using hypnosis to... Change something in your life to better your present, so that you do have a better future to heal trauma from the past. That's the dog, you guys. She's like hacking up something. I think you can hear her in the background. She's decided to hack up something at this very moment. Um, maybe she's healing some of her own trauma from the past. She went to the groomers yesterday and she does not enjoy that. But anyway, I'm not making light of trauma. I'm really not. It is um, one of the most significant areas i work in and touches my heart truly on a regular basis but if you, if you want if one of your goals is to use hypnosis this year to heal please feel free to contact me I do offer a free consultation and you can go over to my website and see that drlizhypnosis.com. If there's no spots available, that means I'm full. So my practice does fill up from time to time. But generally, if you give it a month or two, I will have some openings. I know that many, many people have gotten COVID over the holiday season, not just in the US, but around the world. So Please know that I meditate on your health and happiness on a regular basis. You really do matter to me, and it matters to me that you listen and tune in, the emails that you send and all of that. Remember, there's a free hypnosis over at the website drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. It says to reduce fear and anxiety. So if that's going on for you, for sure, sign up for that free hypnosis. There's also one to help with emotional stability. So I've realized recently looking at the data that that one's actually downloaded more than the fear and anxieties. I may just change the teaser on the page or something or the uh, little, it's like a little sidebar where you can subscribe to the newsletter and get the, the free downloads. If you would like to do something that helps you feel calmer, that is easy to listen to, that helps you feel more emotionally stable and have less fear and anxiety in your life. And those are two really good ones to check out over at my website. All right, everyone. Peace. please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.